Welcome, everybody, to The Next 90, the podcast dedicated to your life leveling up 90 days at a time. I got to tell you, you're in for a special treat today because uh, this is something I haven't done in a long time, which is have a uh, in-studio guest, but we actually are amplifying this a bit, and we're recording it live for the, uh, the viewing audience. Sitting with me, wow, I uh, cannot wait for you guys to hear this gentleman's stories. Uh, he's a man that uh, I admire, a man that I uh, look up to, a man that I've actually been in the trenches with. Yep. And um, they say that, you know, like you'll see the measure of, of a man in the darkest of times. And uh, I've, I've seen that uh, in the, the dark times I've had and how he's been there for me. And more importantly, what 2020 brought us all. So please welcome to the next 90, my friend, my brother, Basilio Castillo. What is going on, man? Not much, man. Just working, taking care of the family, and uh, living life. I'm excited to uh, to have you on. So it's an honor. I'm excited to be here. So just so you know, the the, the audience can can get to know you, uh, just a little kind of context, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, I'm I'm X age. I'm I'm I know your story, but they don't. Just so kind of like run down the stats: father, husband. Yeah, sure. You know. So Basilio Castillo. Let's start there. My name is quite interesting. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm a junior, so my dad named me after him. Basilio means king. Castillo means castle. Mm. And since I'm a junior, I'm the prince to his castle. Wow. Um, so he he loved the name for himself. My, my mom actually tried to name me Bernard after my grandfather. I'm glad I wasn't a Bernard. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't <laughs> see you as, as, yeah, as a Bernard. So I'm glad that didn't happen, but I rest <laughs> a piece to my grandfather. But Basilio worked for me. And then um, I'm 39 years old. I'm married. I have two kids, Kingston and uh, Morocco. Uh, and then uh, my wife, Odelia, um, love hanging out with the family. Uh, and how are, the, how are the boys? The boys are six and three. Six and three. Yeah. It's wonderful a, ages. It's a great age, man. I love it. It's I a love great it. age. They yeah. have a lot of energy. Yeah. And I love watching uh, your stories and how proud you are of those, those two boys. They're growing up really well. Yeah. Probably. So 39 years old, we, we you're, you're actually knocking on the door of a, of a big birthday. Yeah. It's uh, 22 days away. 40 years old. 40 years old. Now, if, 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 um, if we were to like rewind the clock 10 years or say 15 years and you were thinking about your 40th birthday, which is only 22 days away, are you, would you say you're at ahead or behind of where you thought you'd be at, at this stage? In my I'm ahead. Ahead. Uh, yeah. It's, it's so far beyond, um, how, how much I'm ahead that I, I actually sit back and I pretty thankful for it and grateful. That's good. A lot of people like always kind of look to, to want more or seek more, but they don't appreciate like how far they come and who they are like in this moment in time. Right. Agreed. I mean, that's what kind of reminds me um, of just being grateful and kind of where I'm at. You know, a lot of the times people just, I mean, it's good to always want more. Like I still want more. There's no stopping me from getting more, but I'm so satisfied and happy with today. And I think that's a, a key element, right? Right. Like you have to be satisfied with what you want and what you have, but kind of looking and growing into into the next thing. So you're in the in the mortgage banking industry. Yes, I am. Um, and you run a fairly large team. Yeah, it's uh, we have about 200 employees at Secure One Capital. I have about 80 under my under my leadership. Um, we've been at it for I've been there for about two years, going on two and a half years, and just the growth pattern, how much we've scaled and built. Uh, acquiring multiple buildings, uh, especially during the COVID times. Mm-hmm. Um, it's impressive to see kind of where we were before and where we are now and where we're headed. 
Yeah, and we're going to get into that because uh, I've, I've been able to witness that for the last, what, 18 months yeah. on, on the inside, you know, yeah. kind of locked arm in arm uh, with you. But let's let's rewind a, a little bit um, and go back to, uh, what did you say? The, the Basilio means uh, king and Castillo means castle. castle. Yeah. So um, what's the origins of, of your family? Um, yeah, so my dad, my dad was born in Livingston, Guatemala. And um, my mom was born, actually, she was born in Guatemala as well. But if you ask my mom, she said, I'm Belizean. Like, it says, <laughs> she only was born in Guatemala off of the clerical era. Her, her mom went to go see my grandfather at work and wasn't supposed to have the baby. Mm. And so she ended up, was born in Guatemala, but then migrated back to Belize and was raised in Belize. Yeah, so mom, mom's uh, Belizean and is that what you said? Belizean, yeah. Belizean, Belizean. Yeah. And your dad's Guatemalan. And so they migrated here to the uh, United States. Now, I know a little yeah. bit about that story, but share, share a little bit about your Yeah, so my dad was a, um, is a very interesting man. Uh, he uh, he always had a dream to, to come to the United States. And it was, it was his ultimate dream because he wanted to kind of start a family, uh, see a future. You know, every if you live in such a small island, which is Livingston, uh, Livingston, Guatemala. That's all you know. You mm -hmm. walk around. There's no cars. I mean, it's it's very uh, meager. And um, so his idea was to get to a promised land, which was the United States. Uh, so he, my dad grew up um, one of seven, I believe, or eight, and um, he was one of the oldest. So every morning when he got up, he had to shine. He had to actually go fish for food, then go to the well for water carry back fish and, and water to the home, then go on a boat to go to Puerto Barrios to go to school, finish school, and then Puerto Barrios downtown, shine shoes, and then come home back on the boat. And rinse and repeat. And rinse and repeat. And even as a, even as a young man, like, how did he even know, like, that there was, you know, America or this greater possibility? Like, TV. TV. Yeah, TV and radio. Really? And it's always, it, it, to him, it always inspired him to do more. He's always thought big, like even the companies he owned and things of that nature has always been grand. Mm. And so my dad's a really big thinker. Right, so the, uh, the irony of this is uh, that maybe the, the listening audience knows or doesn't know, you know, I spent a lot of time in Guatemala. Yeah. Um, I got engaged to, to my wife. My wife's not Guatemalan, but I got engaged there because Guatemala was such a big part of my life. Mm. And for me, like I saw like the, just the, I mean, the, the, poverty the immense poverty like there like in guatemala there's the haves and the, the have-nots there's zero in between yeah. and so when i think about like wow like how did this guy from livingston like figure out how to a save up enough money and then b actually logistically get himself to the united states yeah. i mean that's yeah. that's truly amazing yeah, at age of 18 came over legally uh, worked his way all the way through it to the system, applied very young at a very young age. I forget what age he applied uh, for his uh, for his green card. But when he got it, he left immediately. And um, in his mind, he just knew that this was the beginning. That's so crazy. Yeah. So think about like how different your life would be, right? If like if your if your dad didn't have that dream, because it's one thing to have a dream, exactly. but it's one thing to actually do what's required to make that dream a reality, right? Right. And you think about all the things he was doing, shining shoes, and I mean, I mean, getting the food, yeah. right? And then, but then still being able to like go and work hard for the dream. How different would your life be <laughs> if if he never like saw that dream I, to fruition? I couldn't imagine it. Oh, lots of that, man. So what? So let's go down that 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 vein of the conversation of. If, like, what do you feel like, like you owe to him now? You're a father, right? right? 
and uh, and you you've been born in this land of opportunity. I need to do um, as much as I can to make him proud. Um, to make that sacrifice to come out here and to put everything he did on the line with a uh, little money um, and to have kids, you know, I need to make sure that I'm his only son, mm. that I make him proud mm. and I'm, I'm his best investment ever. Mm. And so that has always been my goal is to take his wisdom and take what he's taught me and, and marry that down to my kids so that way they can live on that destiny. Right. So have you have you and your father had a conversation about like him being proud or? Oh yes. I mean, well, I had yeah. I had the I had the privilege and yeah. honor of uh, of meeting him, and uh, so I already knew that answer. But I just wanted you know for the the listeners to hear that is that like I saw how much he was beaming with pride. Yeah walking into, you know, the company that, that you helped build uh, and certainly have helped scale and and just looking at him, looking at you, it must have been a surreal moment for him, yeah. right? Like yeah, thinking it, thinking like uh, about his journey yeah. and like, yes, like I, I, I actually, I actually did it. And not only did I did it, do I, did I do it, but look what the result was, right? My exactly. Son. I mean, it's, um, it was interesting because that morning, um, he he was he, he had some issues was going on and I was like you know what dad I want to take you to work and he's like what do you mean I was like just get on some clothes let's go let's just go to work he's like uh, all right and he was so embarrassed because he didn't have the right clothes and he knew that I was an EVP so he wanted to wear a suit right. and he was like I don't have a suit that's hard. so I gave him some clothes now people don't know my dad like I'm a big guy I'm six two yeah when I saw your dad I was like what's <laughs> yeah. going on here yeah, my man? Dad, I'm six two two fifty my dad is uh is five five maybe a buck 80 right <laughs> soaking wet so when people see my dad they see the similarities they're right. like dude that's your dad right. but then they look at us and you're just like what what happened here like so um so he showed up i put him on the zoom i put him in the room because of the covid i just want to make sure he was okay and i just said hey listen turn on your camera and listen and so um you spoke and i spoke right after that and i made sure to tie your message into who he was mm. and i just wanted to see his investment, right? And what I've done and what I was able to accomplish just because of him making that sacrifice and, and his dream to think big and to have me to be here. Right. I mean, you have to, I mean, I, I, I'm assuming, um, so correct me if I'm wrong, like if you're ever having a bad day or, oh, you know, yeah. like you're kind of down on yourself or like maybe, you know, like lost a little bit of the gratitude. Like, I mean, I, I would think just thinking about your father and what he had to do to, to get here kind of makes that all go away. Yeah, it does. It's, um, there's no way as, as much as I am probably monetarily well off, hmm. I am nowhere near as accomplished as he is. Yeah, I remember you said something like, I'm, I might have I might have more money than my dad by far, but I'm not as wealthy. You said something, yeah. you said something very profound to yeah. that nature. I mean, it's it's he's done so much more coming from where he has. And then I started where he left me off at. And so I've 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 done well for myself, but to come from poverty and to do all the things I talked about on a daily basis and then start your own company in the United States. To me, it's, that's a far, that's a far cry from where I'm at today. Yeah. I just want to give like the listening audience perspective. You know, you're, you're sitting here right now. You're obviously listening to this podcast. You're watching this video. Like you've got some sort of comfort in your life, right? You got some sort of comfort in your life. So like when you think about that, like how can you feel sorry for yourself? Like how, how could you even feel sorry for yourself? Yeah. Right. And I think part of, part of the comforts that we've created for ourselves, at least here in the United States 
actually end up being the discomfort of our life because we don't actually move from this place of comfort comfort and getting uncomfortable to create ultimately that dream that your father had. Agreed. Agreed. And I think what, what humbled me the most too was actually, I remember going back or going to Guatemala the first time and seeing, because I've always how, heard how, this. How old were you? Um, maybe eight or nine. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So I was so used to like the cars and the technology and food being here and and so when I uh, when I got there and I'm looking around, I'm like, well, what's going on here? Like mm. this is it was I was culture shock completely. And um, it took me about three or four days to actually assimilate right. to feel OK. Right. But then I, when I start to realize that, I remember thing, remember tying my dad's story to what he did. And by the way, I'm, this is probably 20 years ago. So who knows how well advanced it was then compared to what it was now. And so um, it just really humbled me to say, you know what? Uh, I can never I feel that way. I can never feel sorry for myself. And then how does that sort of pay it forward to, to your children? I do my best to make sure that they, they understand, um, you know, where they're at and, um, you know, people are struggling and things of that nature. I try my best to, to give because you definitely want to give as much as you can to your kids, but also to have them earn it, mm. right? So if there's a, a toy that they want to be able to get, I said, okay, well, uh, you know, we have Kumon, we have certain things that we do. You have to do two packets. And then once you're done with that, then we can go get that toy. Got it. My older son, if he wants something, okay, well, that's three books. Go read me these three books and we'll get you that. So I'm, I'm constantly, I'm making, I make it competitive, but I'm also making them earn it. Right. So once they earn it, they feel like they achieve it and they care more and about they, that They toy. appreciate it a lot more. Right. That's amazing. No, it's funny because you and I had been working together for like a, a year. And I said, hey, I never asked you, where, where's, your, where's, your, where's your name come from? You're like, from Guatemala. And I looked, I was like, what? And I was like, that, that's, that was the last thing. But I, I love that story about your father. I loved how you told it. And like, I think you told it in, we were in a, in a sales meeting. And you're like, look, my father had to go get his own food. He had to shine shoes. He had to figure out how to get to America. He got here and he started a business. And you're telling me? Yeah. That you can't hit this goal? You're telling me that you can't pick up the phone? Yeah. Like, that was, I mean, for even me, that was powerful. Because I know that there's uh, excuses that I make in my life when I don't have that type of perspective. Right. Right? So, um, you're in mortgage banking. Um, how long have you been in mortgage banking? 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. Now, did you, like, grow up and say, I'm going to be a mortgage banker? <laughs> absolutely Said not. Said no one ever? No, no, absolutely not. I kind of fell into this industry. And I, I'm lucky I did. Yeah. I, um, I was actually working at 24 Hour Fitness as a, as a sales manager. And, um, and a, a buddy of mine who was in the industry, he said, hey, listen, like, you can do some of this on the side and mm. make more money than what you're making today. And I didn't believe it. Because, I mean, I think if a sales manager 24 Hour Fitness, you're probably doing pretty well. I was well. six figures. I was doing yeah. well. Yeah. You know, I was at the time, what, uh, 23, 22? Yeah. 22, right? And I was a sales manager. So I was looking good. I was working in a great environment, having fun, making the money I need to make, and I was happy. And he said, you can make more by just doing a couple loans a month. And I'm like, that doesn't make sense. So right. I said, you know what, I'll try it. And so I did. And then he was right. And I said, you know what, um, so you make your own schedule? He's like, yeah, I don't I don't have a schedule. So 17 years ago, this was kind of pre, pre, pre-bubble? pre Yeah, uh, yeah uh, it was actually right into the, right into, uh, the bottom of the market when you had option arms and subprime market. And so things like of 2006, nature. 2000. Yeah. You're looking at 2004, 2004, yeah. Yeah. 2004 going into 2006 is when it started to kind of like. So you, so you probably had a, a good run in those, I did. those couple and of that's, years. That's what kind of attracted me about the business is I came in when it was hot. Right. Right. And so 
Um, I went full time like right around 2005, 2006 of it, but I was doing it since 2004. So, and I, and I started to adapt and I was like, you know what, this is rather easy. So I started at a company and uh, at a broker and I learned how to uh, do this on my own as a P and L and things of that nature. And mm. ever since then, I've just never left. Got it. And then talk about like the, the, the downturn, you know, for me, like so many people that I talk to, so many entrepreneurs and salespeople, they still want to tell me about, you know, what they did in 2005 yeah. and six and, yeah. you know, the market screwed them up. I'm like, brother, that's been 14 years. Like, yeah. you know, what do you, so how did you, um, were those dark times for you? It wasn't actually, which is interesting because um, I built up such a referral basis from the 24 hour fitness as well as, um, doing loans that it, it really helped me to to scale. Mm. So what happened when I got into the industry full time? It was right towards the downturn, right? So so I didn't really know what that meant got initially, it. and plus I didn't really I didn't grab a lot of liabilities and things of that nature at the time. I was lucky I could have right. right? I could have bought houses and cars and things of the nature. By the time I was coming in, things were going down. Mm. So you know I've already made a commitment to this, right? Left twenty four hour fitness, and, and when I leave something, I usually never go back. So my idea was just like let's just see how it goes. And so when I walked into it, I didn't think it was as bad as people thought it was because they were living it since two thousand. Right, right. So it was a different perspective. Again, they were living in comfort, exactly. right? They were living exactly. in comfort, and they they started talking about yesteryear instead of first like what was in front of them. You exactly. Know? So you were able to 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 ride out there because a lot of people like I mean I, I would say you're the exception, not necessarily the the right. rule. Like didn't make it out of the two thousand eight you know yeah, crisis. So, yeah, exactly. So what I ended up doing was I ended up so there wasn't much regulations or laws at the time. So I ended up uh, scaling myself and I said, hey, I'm going to go work for three other brokers and bring them deals. And depending upon what commission splits they gave, give me and products, I'm just going to funnel them. Right. right. So and then I did it on my house. And so I kind of came became a co-broker to brokers. Uh. And so I made more than what I was at at 24 Hour Fitness. I didn't see the million dollar checks at the time. So for me, 150 was good. Yeah. Right. So it helped. Got it. Got it. Like not having that, that, that person or having that perspective actually probably gave you like the ability to continue to produce. Agreed. Uh, so after that, like, I mean, I, I know a lot about your, your career, but I don't know, uh, all of it. Um, then you were at, you were at another place. I don't, you can talk about it if you want. Yeah, so, I, I, I was at, um, I, so I, I went through a series of places. So I went to, uh, I got recruited to come out to Orange County. So I worked with uh, Lindy Tree Loans. Where were you before? In Orange? I was in Glendale was when okay. I first started. Um, I was at a broker shop in Glendale called First uh, Capital Financial. Um, and so then I, then I started working with other brokers. And then I went, I got recruited to go to Lending Tree because at the time, like right around that time when I started Lending Tree, I realized that, hey, man, this commission is, is just, it's dwindling down mm-hmm. and I needed a base. So Lending Tree offered me a base with commission on top. And they said, we'll get you eight to 10 leads a day. And at the time I was generating my own leads. So I said, you give me eight to 10 leads, I'll and kill you, it. I'm good. Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I, I killed it as soon as I walked in. Um, and I remember just you know, being extremely motivated and, and learning the call center atmosphere of the business, which I didn't know at the time. Which is a unique beast. Exactly. So you were at, you were at Lending Tree, and then like, uh, did you did you stay as a producer? Did, cause yeah, I got promoted a series of times. I was at Lending Tree. Uh, Lending Tree turned into Discover Home Loans, which turned into Guaranteed Rate. I left that right around when it turned into Discover Home Loans, and within that time frame, I, I became uh, a top producer. I was an LO there. Um, I was um, I was um, I was a sales coach, and I was also a manager, a sales so, manager. Like, what do you what do you think? 
you can attribute to the fact that like, you know, obviously you didn't start as a sales manager at 24 hour fitness. Right. You probably started as a sales associate or, you right. know, a trainee or right. hell, you're probably washing the towels. I don't know. Yeah. But then you became the, you became the sales manager, left that, you know, become like a top producing broker, then leave that and you become, you know, a sales coach. And all. What do you attribute like, you know, because every time it seems like you're stepping into an opportunity, you're excelling to the, the top ranks of that very, very quickly. You know, the interesting thing is I start off with just working hard. Mm. Like literally, I, 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 if every company I've ever started at, my goal was put my head down and let's just work. And then through that work, I get recognized naturally. Like who is this guy doing all these numbers? And then from there, I've always had a, I still do. I love helping people. I have a coach's mentality. Like for me, when I, I, I feel better when someone else accomplishes something that I teach them than me accomplishing it myself. But isn't it funny that the more people you help, actually, the more you get what you want? Exactly. That's how I always led. Like I never would, to this day, I don't refresh my, my commission structure to see how much I'm going to make on a month. What I do is I look at my other guys and say, mm -hmm. okay, well, if they're doing well, I'm going to be okay. Got it. Right. So that's how I've always led. I led that way. So after Lending Tree, then what? Then I went over to um, to Cash Call. I was there for about a year. I actually did the Cash Call, and I was actually a, a youth football coach. Oh no way! Um, and so I was coaching this is before you had kids. Before I had kids. Oh wow! So I went through a trial there. There, there. comes that coach mentality. Exactly, I, which is interesting because I went through a breakup, like a pretty bad breakup, right around that time. And so my idea was, in order for me to get out this funk, I need to go give back to people. And I've always wanted to be a coach and I love football. So I said, you know what? Let me just go volunteer coach. And it, which was interesting because I actually walked over, I put, filled out an application, did a background check. I walked up for the interview and there was like, you know, five parents that are just running the program. And they're like, all right, so you're young. Do you have a kid? <laughs> I said, no. They're like, um, do you have a cousin? It's like, no. It's like, why are you here? I was like, I want to coach. And they're like, okay, have you coached before? I was like, no. <laughs> and they were like, so they started asking me questions. I was like, so you really want to coach? It's like, yeah, you don't have any kids. It's like, no. And so what was the most, I got so much leadership lessons, mm. teaching 10, 11, 12 year olds, the fundamentals of the game. Like I didn't care if I lost, I care if they learned, mm. right? Cause it was never a loss to me. It was a learning lesson. Right. And so till this day, I have maybe 30, 40 kids, probably even more that still contact me saying, wow. coach, I'm playing college ball, that's coach, I'm doing this, coach, I'm doing that. I can, I can hit them up at any time and they'll let me know what's going on. That's gotta be fulfilling. Yeah. I always say like, I've learned so much about being a businessman, being a father. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually learned so much about employees, like parenting my children. Yeah. Right. I, I can only imagine if I would have had them. Well, it would have been a disaster if I would have had them younger, but uh, <laughs> the knowledge I would have gained from them would have been would have been good. Agreed. So, uh, so you, you're doing cash call, high school coach. Then, then what? Then I went to Lone Depot. Okay, I went to Lone Depot. I was there for. Man, you had all the big names. Yeah, you had the big names. Lending yeah. Tree is like the, the the trinity of mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lending Tree, Cash Call, Lone Depot. I was. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go backwards. Right. Like I didn't want to go backwards. I felt like if I was going to go somewhere, I want to go somewhere where. You're going to be challenged. I'm going to be challenged. I'm going up against other people that I that I don't know. Right. Every place that I went to, it was never a case that I knew someone at that place. Mm. I just said, let me go start there. But you know, you know what I found about you is that every time you find a good place, that leadership or that coaching you actually brings the those people along with you. Yeah, that's true. 
Like I, I've just hearing the stories, you know, it's like, I'm here because of Basilio. I'm here because I was with Basilio here. I'm here because of Basilio that, you know, like I've, I've heard that about you. It's like, you almost kind of go pave the way. All right, guys, it's good. Like, no, no, this is not good. I'm going somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually, it's, it's true. But that's kind of a sign of a leader, like in whether you recognize it or not. Yeah, that's true. I, you know, the funny thing is I didn't recognize him until we had those meetings. So I was like, oh, that's another person that said that, right? Yeah. It is. Um, but it's, um, it's it, it feels good because, yeah. like I said, I, I sincerely love to help people. Got it. And through that action is what allows people to come follow me. Well, Home Depot is a machine. Like, you don't have to be a genius to, to understand that. Um, but you actually rose the ranks there, too, quickly. Yeah. I, I, um, so within the first six months, I actually got promoted to manager. Um, same thing happened there. Do you think down. that's a combination because you're like, you're actually a natural born salesperson and complimented with the fact that you're, you're a leader or, you know, cause typically like if you look at an organization, there's no way they're making someone a manager after six months, you know? That's true. I, and the funny thing is I interviewed not thinking I was going to get it. <laughs> so I really wanted to go through the interview process uh, just to feel what it was like. And so at that time I was going to get married probably six months around that time frame. So I, in my mind, I'm like, just go in there and work, put your head down. Same thing happened. Got recognized and got promoted. That's crazy. Okay. So now let's, 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 let's fast forward. Uh, I mean, you could talk about your time there more if you'd like, no, um, but, but now you're the, the executive vice president of sales at uh, secure one capital. Um, you know, I, I met you, I had the privilege of meeting you because, uh, they hired me to be mindset coach. I mean, I, I hate the labels, right? <laughs> My first speech was like, I'm not a motivational speaker. Get that away from your mind. Like, but they, they hired me to sort of help break through some of the sales barriers and the mindset and really, you know, kind of help curate the, uh, the, uh, the culture. Um, but what attracted you to the, to that organization? Uh, leaders, the leaders, the leaders are uh, Jim Pate, Ryan Marrier. I, um, when I left that company, I went over and I just, uh, I knew of someone that I was actually at secure one. I knew Barry, I knew a couple people. Um, and so I went over there and I just did a Facebook ad and, or a Facebook post and Jim replied and I said, hey, can I come meet you? He's like, yeah, sure. And I just walked into his office and yeah. just had a talk, had a talk with him. And, and, you, and you didn't start out, they didn't hire you for a management position. No, right? no, they didn't have anything there. Right. It was no, it was just Jim Ryan running everything. They right. had no leadership whatsoever besides those two. It's, it's kind of bizarre to think about, right? Because like today, you know, that company uh, eclipsed well over a billion in, in funded loan volumes. I mean, there's, the 200 employees yeah. like so you got to kind of see the genesis of uh, of all of that i did i did it was interesting because we were when i got in it was running a really really hot market and so um when i got in i just said you know what? let's just keep going let's grind and then through time we were just doing 200 at most loans uh, if 150 to 200 and you know i grew my branch people followed me mm. and so i had a series of probably like nine or ten people with a processor and just ops, everything. And so when Jim saw that people were following me, he said, hey man, you wanna run our retail team? I said, sure. That's funny how he approached you on that, right? Yeah, it was interesting. I, it's, it's funny how like other leaders recognize leadership in yeah. others, right? And yeah. sometimes that leader doesn't recognize it in and of themselves, even though everything you just told me to this whole point has always been leadership coaching, you right. know, uh, paying it forward type of thing. Yeah. So the, oh, Jim, the owner comes to you and says, I want you to run the retail team. Yeah, I did. So I ran it for about another six months. <laughs> it's usually six months is <laughs> like the timeline when people, people start to promote me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, I ran it for another six months and then he had an idea and he said, you know what? Uh, we have another avenue of uh, of a company, which is our branches. 
Uh, we have about 13, 15 of them, and uh, we want you to run all of sales mm-hmm. and become a VP. Let's said, sure, let's do it. And so that's kind of where it all started. Got it. Got it. And so, yeah, so now I, I kind of come in probably right around this time. Yeah, you did. Um, so it was, a sep- it was September of uh, 2019. Yeah. I started with the floor on October of uh uh, 2019. I'm, and I, I remember like vividly, uh, walking in there and like, you know, like normally, like when I go and I speak, a lot of people, they, they don't want to say the wrong thing. So they just kind of like sit there and, you know, kind of deer in the headlights. But I vividly remember like I said something and then it was almost like I handed like the football to you, like yeah. not even trying, yeah. right? Not even trying. Yeah. And that's funny. Like now that I look back connecting that dot, it's kind of funny because it's still kind of like our, our yeah. little, yeah. our little ham and egg combo yeah. that we have going on right now. And you just picked it up and you were like, bam. And I I was like, I and I didn't know who, what your role was. I thought you, I thought you were just like uh, alone. I'm like, yeah. dude, this is a guy to watch out for. <laughs> and I even, I even, I even told Jim, I was like, I like that Basilio guy, man. You guys should put it. He's like, dude, he's our vice president. I was like, oh, makes sense, makes sense. Yeah, it worked out. It was, uh, it, we ever since then, I think just the ideas that we bounce off or the things you would say or I would say. It's like we just pick up where we're And it's funny how it's often never planned, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, Exactly. So talk a little bit about, like, I I love to hear just from your perspective. I've never asked you this, like, what did you think like when I first showed up? Because I, I think they've had some other some people come and go, you know, yeah, in, in yeah. that in that kind of space. Were you like, dude, who's this guy? You know, I was actually I was I was actually pretty intrigued the first time he came around. I remember you walking up. I think Jim spoke, Ryan spoke, that I spoke. I spoke. I remember exactly what I said. I was talking about the difference of the bond rates, how it used to be back in the day, where it is now, and why aren't we selling where we're at? Right. And then you just said. He started preaching the core four. <laughs> I was like, "Who is this guy?" Right, and so I was, and I was, I, I was sitting there just like another audience member, just intrigued. Right, and ever since then, I just kind of latched onto it. Uh, man, it's been it's been a it's been a blast. Like, what have you seen in the way of like um, like? Well, I'll start with your with your mindset. Like, because um, it sounds like you've always had this kind of killer drive and mindset, you know. But then now you insert wife, insert kids, you know, insert all, all the the responsibilities, running all these people. Like, what have you seen in your own mindset, you know, over the last call it eighteen months or so? Uh, yeah, I've always had the drive. I've always had the um, the motivation, but I, I was never. I was never on solid ground, right? Mm-hmm. So I've had I've had my slip ups. Like in terms of a business standpoint, I've I've always kept that okay. But then when you look at just the other factors of life, family, and uh, marriage, and your body, and your mind, and your spirit, like those were always unstable. My wife and I we had hard times, rough times. Um, when I was at Lone Depot, even though I loved that company, I would work 13, 14 hour days. I physically remember um, waking up so early that they weren't awake. I would have to kiss them goodbye when they were asleep. Wow. And then physically remember coming back home to the kiss them thing. goodnight. God. And so my wife had to play husband, right? And father and mother. And so when I realized that, after it took me six and a half years to realize that. So, you know what? This can't happen. And sometimes we're doing that, like, because we're like trying to create a better life for them, but we're actually not because yeah. we're not physically we're present in their life. Exactly. And so that's when I, I made a change. And, and, you know, we weren't, you know, when you have that kind of a dynamic with her being everything, she then gets envious of me being out talking to anyone. Um, and in addition to that, we don't have a connection because we're both too tired. Mm. So it was just, it was unstable. And so when I, when I start to meet you 
and I, I listened to the things you were saying, my life was still unstable. My mind was passionate, I had conviction in terms of my business, but I was still unstable. Mm. And so the more and more I start pouring into your structure and how you go about your, your mornings, and I start to realize, hey, this is the perfect routine for me to get going and to, to invest in my wife and to do those daily deposits, to kiss my kids and wake them up and, and take them to school and to do mantras, which I started, right? Just little things like that was able to lift my business life <laughs> isn't even it, more. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. Right. So like less hours, yeah. but like more connection, uh, like more fulfillment and then more money. Exactly. Right. But we try to like put do the deadlifting of like the money first. And we feel like it's going to fix all those problems. Exactly. And that's, that was probably the most eye open experience ever is to, to realize that I got to stop investing all this time in business and start investing in things that really matter, which makes me happy. Mm. It opens up my mind. And then this will actually skyrocket. And, and did, did, did your wife notice a difference? Almost definitely. Yeah. Yeah. She's an amazing woman. Yeah. Yeah. She's an amazing woman. Uh, I love her passion. Uh, I love her admiration for, for you. Um, as a father, as a, the leader of the household, you know, yeah. obviously I can, I can tell it strikes a chord. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember when we went to, we had a power walk in the beach Yeah, and I, the ironic thing, we were meditating together right next to each other. And this is just a good description of my wife. And uh, we, like in the meditation to ask, think of one person mm-hmm. that makes your life easy. Yes. And uh, we had, we were so deep in the meditation, obviously we weren't talking, but when it was over, we share our answers and we posted our lives. lives. And then we get home. All right, actually, we'll walk back to, I had an Airbnb in Newport. And I, we just happened to walk in and say, hey man, you can take a shower. He's like, all right, grab my stuff. We walk in and there's breakfast. Breakfast. And now it wasn't, it, it, dude, it wasn't just, it wasn't breakfast, bro. Like, that was like five-star treatment. Now there was like two different types of protein, avocado with the all-seasoning, mash browns, eggs, yeah. two juice options. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah. and you, you walk in and you, you, the funny thing is you look at me like, I have to say, I told you, yeah, she makes yeah. my life easy. Yeah. I came out of the, the bathroom after my shower, she had a cup of coffee. I'm like, damn. Yeah. But that's what's so great about our, our, our wives. And I think the more we empower ourselves and like, and, and the, actually the more we can show up for them. Yeah. And then make yeah. their, make their life easy as a, as a result. That was great. So what, what kind of changes have you seen? I mean, in, in the organization, cause in the, and look, I'm, I'm not naive to think that everybody is, doing the core four, yeah. but I know certain people last on it and they, they've had their, you know, their times where they're doing it and they're not doing it. But as, as a whole, what have you, what did you see as a result of like kind of empowering the mindsets of the, of the people? Yeah, I think it's a, what's interesting is that our leaders is what really adapt to the core four mm. and uh, our leaders have the biggest voices. Mm. Right. And so when people start seeing, um, have a guy named James, right. We call him S 12 yep. and, uh, have you, he was a heavy set guy. He was in a different department. I moved him over. He was reluctant on that. And then he started adapting your principles and body change, attitude change. One is one of the top producers in the company. Um, he wanted his first goal was to pay off his wife's debt. He accomplished that. His next goal is to build a pool. Well, he's he doing it that. now. Uh, he just has so many goals and he's so goal oriented that he goes and he just, he sets them and he gets them. Yeah. I remember he said, like, I, I understand the why. I understand yeah why the why is so yeah. so important right exactly and uh like i remember when talking to him like he was operating from a place of fear and scarcity and now he's like he's like talking to people about abundance <laughs> yeah. and i was like yeah. dude 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I, I get the same privileges as you do, right? Like I, I get a, re, I get a physical paycheck, but I also get like this emotional one, yeah. this intangible one yeah. when you see the results, you know, um, all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I mean the results have spoken for themselves. Yeah. yeah? And it's, and what, what was the most intriguing part about the results is that it happened at such a, a, a rare time. Right. right. During, the during this pandemic. pandemic. Right. So when we, so scale back, we, when we, prior to the pandemic, we were a paper company. Everything was like old school, like literally paper files. We would take it to one guy. He would look at all these paper files and then he would sub them. And then like, it was just so like, it was like literally dial up. Like right. it was, right, right, even though right. we were we way, yeah, we're way, <laughs> we yeah, exactly. So then COVID hit and we had to turn into literally a paperless company overnight. Wow. We took away all the papers. We said, upload everything to the system. And people were just like, what? Go home. Take your computers with you. You can't be here. Like, everything quickly changed. And I remember, I'm, I'm, like, that was the, what was cool is that we had about six, seven months of, of lead up, but we had a lot of buy in, like, from a community perspective, yeah. a culture perspective. Yeah. And it, there wasn't a dip at all. I mean, I, there, was a, there was a couple of weeks where we were all kind of like, Right. Dude, this is crazy. But it came warring out of it. It was almost crazy how COVID made the the, the entire community stronger. You know, yeah, exactly. the, 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 the secure one community. Which was interesting because we we went from taking sending everyone home remote, and then we did zooms right. immediately right. day one. Right. Like we weren't the last one. We were literally the first one to do Zooms right. every day. Uh, do you remember Fridays? You and I were like oh, five yeah. hours, five hours of, of, of Zooming. We, we would put them into pods and just back oh, to back to back. You would go, to back. I would go, you would go. go. <laughs> it, was, it was crazy. Well, I mean, man to man, like I, 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 like, I don't, I, I'd say, Hey, there's a, my, my fabric is woven in there, but I, I don't take, you know, all the, the credit and the glory because I, a, I couldn't have done it without the two leaders, but B man, man, I couldn't have done it without you. Likewise. I mean, it yeah, was, uh, it, it, like to have you right there in the trenches with me and our good yin and yang, like, yeah. I mean, only amplified anything that I was doing, I you know, mean, and then you were then you, like, I, I just get to come in on Mondays and, you know, do the razzle dazzle, <laughs> but then you get them. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you're on, like, what people don't know is you're on with these guys every day, yeah. every yeah. day talking about their mindset yeah. and, and accountability and all that yeah. kind of stuff, it's been right? about a year now. I've, uh, I meet with them about 15 to 20 minutes, and every day we're talking about a new topic. Right. And it, it's interesting because I, uh, to this day, I'm like, dude, what am I going to get writer's block? Because <laughs> that's what I but, feel. But that's the yeah. thing. That's yeah. the thing, though. Yeah. Like, and I've talked to you about this is like when you're in that container, right? Yeah. You're doing the work yourself. Right. Right. So you're only leading from a place that you've learned and you lived. Agreed. Right. Not the other way around. A lot of people want to lead from like things that they, they read, but they'd actually live it, you know? Right. They didn't apply it. Like, I mean, you're up, you know, every day at three, four a.m. Like pouring into yourself, and that's why it's coming to you and through you. That's the only way I can do it. Yeah, right. Because it's like when I get up at three thirty a.m., I'm meditating, I'm reading, I'm working, I'm investing so much time. I'm listening to audio books or inspirational messages yeah. or reading a book myself. So when I do that, my creativity and my mindset just happens to grow. Like yeah. I learn things and stories and. I was like, oh, I can use this. So yeah. I can never, ever get to a point where I feel like I'm ever have right to walk. Well, you won't yeah. because you're constantly expanding. Exactly. Right. And that's what people don't understand. Like if you're, if you're constantly expanding, it's hard for you to like be anxious or, I mean, yeah, you're going to have those feelings, but you can, action is the greatest anxiety killer. You can just move, you know, right, right, right past that. Mm -hmm. So like, what is, what is the, what is the, you're turning 40, right? right? Um, let's imagine like it's 10 years from now and mm -hmm. we're knocking on the door of 50. 
Like, what does it look like for Basilio? What's interesting is this is, uh, you know, I definitely have like my idea of where I want to be, but I'm so happy for today. Mm. And in 10 years from now, I want to be uh, a person that, that owns a series of companies, investors in companies. Um, in 10 years from now, I want to be in Miami, South Beach, right by the beach. Why? You're going to see? Yeah, no, I'm leaving. Uh, I can see you in Miami, leaving, bro. Very, very, I can see you like with the linen and yeah. a little like yeah. fedora on. I'm there with the with the mic. Like you, in your, my your butt, your buttons would come down like all open down I may your have belly the chest here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm doing all out. I already have the idea in mind. So yeah, but I, but um, but uh, what's interesting is like even though you you definitely want to have things that you're aiming for and going after, which yeah. I am, um, I'm just so happy for today. And that's why you're successful is that like, you know, it's like your father had that dream, had that vision, but mm. all he could do was, was be happy about today and know that there could be a better tomorrow. Right? My mom was like that as well. Yeah. My mom is extremely like that. Uh, you know, I talk about my dad because my mom and my dad, they got a divorce when I was 11. Okay. And, um, so I, I, I had to make, well, I didn't make it. I was forced to make a decision a little with my dad because I have two sisters and my mom took the house and mm. then stayed with my two sisters. So from 11 on, I just had my dad, right? I would see my mom on the weekends. But the interesting thing about my mom was this, is that she had to uh, finish school because my dad was really the, kind of the bread maker. So she went back to school and she dropped out probably three, four times doing night school, trying to go to nursing school. Um, and she was the oldest person in nursing school. Wow. And she graduated. And I remember the day she graduated vividly. I remember walking her walking down the stage um, with her with her baton in hand, with her sorry her her uh, her cap and gown and her degree. And I gave her the biggest hug, and she whispered to me, "She's like, you know what? I've always envisioned this moment." Mm. And she said, "Through life, like I failed so many times. And I remember going through a tunnel, like." And in this tunnel, there were so many things that made me fall. But the one thing that got me up was literally this beaming light at the end of it. Wow. And now I see that light. Dude, I mean, you're, <laughs> I, I know your parents, you know, were, were separated, but the, like, talk about great role models. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, now, now it all makes sense, right? Yeah. Now I can see why you, yeah. you've done all the things you've done. You've accelerated as fast as you, I mean, like they would whoop your ass if you did. Oh, yeah, sure they did. They were, like, why did it this hard <laughs> yeah, exactly. to, to no, have you do would. all this? You, right. better, you better step up and be that king that we named you exactly. and go, go forge that, uh, that castle. Um, so what would you, what would you tell somebody that's like listening right now? You know, cause I, I have a lot of people consume this content and, uh, I know for sure that like, they don't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. Like, what would you tell someone that's sitting here right now that's like in a bad spot that, that, you know, like is listening to your story is inspired. Like what, 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 what should they do? Uh, there's, there's quite a few things I would say. Uh, the first thing is you have to deal with your trauma, right? Um, you know, as much as people hear about me and what I do, I still have a therapist that I see. I still have you as an outlet. I have friends and family and people that I'm close with that I share that with and I project out. But that's the only thing that makes me grow is mm. because I'm willing to be vulnerable right. and I'm willing to open up and fix what's all inside of me. It's never outside, right? It's never outside. The second thing I, I, I would say, and I tell this to my kids, we have a mantra. I can, I will, I do. I can, say it. I will, I do. We say it all the time. I don't allow them to say can't. 
at all in the household. Four letter word in my house. Yeah, you don't, you can't do that, right? So I can, I will, I do. When I drop them off at school, we say it. When we're doing anything that may be tough, I can, I will, I do. Mm. And then they they come to me at times like, well, I can't open this bottle. I was like, no, but we can together, Mm -hmm. right? So it's allowing them to see that, hey, if you say these things, you can open up your mind to do Mm. so much more. Because if you say the opposite, you limit yourself. And you don't even know what your potential is. Right. So if you could deal with your trauma, and if you can self-talk positively to yeah. yourself by saying a certain mantra. I would say don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I did it this morning. I was in the gym this morning, and I, for some reason, I was looking at my body, my current physical body. Because I want to look the best I ever want to look in 40, which is 22 days from now. You got to get it. Oh, exactly. no, you look great, man. You look great. <laughs> and uh, I this morning, I... I saw my, my current physical body married, uh, matched up to the body that I remember visited May, 2000, May 19, 2019, the best body I ever had. And I, I just looked at it and I said, you know what? You can't beat me. Mm-hmm. I'm working out screaming in the garage at 5 a.m. Oh, when you, you said gym, when you were at the gym, I thought you were like at a crowded gym screaming, <laughs> you can't beat me. They're no. like, oh, yeah, and I was in my, and I'm surprised I didn't work my wife, my wife up, but I was just, I was in that moment and I felt so great. <laughs> And even though I'm, I'm, I'm far away, I'm so happy that I can challenge myself to get to that that body. Yeah. And I'm going to do everything possible. Man, I, I love that. I can, I will, I do. Um, so, like, you know, I, I, I can thank you um, because, like, you were there for me. Um, a lot of people know my, my dad passed away uh, October 9th last year. And, uh, like I had, I had people that, that came around and, you know, a lot of love, but like you, you, you text me every day, walk and talk. And it was, I don't know, 5am, 6am, whatever it was. And I said, yeah. Um, and it, you just, we would just talk. Sometimes we talk about my dad. Sometimes we talk about <laughs> like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, just for you holding that space for me, um, truly meant a lot, you know, and it just showed like that you are a person that wants to empower and help people. So I can't thank you. Uh, I will thank you uh, <laughs> quite publicly. I've thanked you privately, but I want to thank you quite publicly, yeah. and, I, and I do thank you. Yeah. Um, and I thank you for for being there um, alongside this journey with me. You know, when I stepped into into Secure One, I, I don't know. I was I was a bit broken, man, and um, I, I I didn't know if I, I I knew I could do it, right? Um, but I I didn't like fully feel like I was qualified to do it, even though I knew that was a lie. But then I like I, I saw like a little like oh I got a confidant here right, yeah. and then that gave me permission and then like we just kept amplifying that and amplifying that and amplifying it's like no it's working that gave us more permission and more permission and so um, from the bottom of my heart you know I just I, I, I honored who you are um, right now mm-hmm. I honor who you'll become uh, twenty two days from now yeah. and yeah. Uh, and, I, and I know who you'll be you know ten years from now and I know what those boys will be when they're sitting here and they're our age. Um, and it's because their fathers like had that dream, had that vision. We did, we will. <laughs> oh, I, I missed that. <laughs> we could, we, could, we, did. we, we, we should, and we, we did. did. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so, um, any, any closing remarks, um, as we, as we wrap this up? Yeah. I mean, I can't, I, I gotta say the same thing about you, um, in your story. Uh, I know you, you have the podcast and, having me here as your first guest. But I also want to talk about what I saw in you. Mm. And I remember 
you telling me how you walked in uh, in scarcity with a secure one and your mindset and the things you went through. And, and um, through time, I, I noticed how much you were investing in people, but yet you also were investing in yourself. Mm. And I talked about just, I had this um, Monday motivation where we talked about you and, and negative net worth. And then maybe what, seven, eight months later, you're telling me, Hey, I want to invest in businesses. <laughs> and I said, what? <laughs> so what are you talking about? How are we going to invest in business here? And you gave me your, your idea. You gave me your idea. And I said, okay, well, let's see it, but it's action. And then almost every week you were kind of giving me all these ideas and what you want to do. And I said, okay, let's see it. Let's see it. And then, boom, we're here. We're here. Right? You have multiple equity, multiple club. You're from a multiple mindset man. Mm-hmm. And the fact that now you're able to sell multiple millions of companies with, with, with net worths of million plus coming from where you came from in a year span, you turned it around to where you are today, makes me honor you as well. Whew. Uh, sometimes you don't recognize those things. Uh, about yourself and tell someone that you love and loves you that gives you permission so again <laughs> I can't thank you I will thank you I do thank you because that, that's, that's a powerful moment for me right there more, more than you know because um, you, sometimes you can't see that forest through the trees or the, the label from inside the bottle but that that just lit another fire into my ass so dude I love you I honor you I appreciate you. Likewise, man. I love you. I appreciate you. So next 90 Nation, I hope you enjoyed this. Like, this is some real shit. Real talk from real men with real struggles. But have a dream. And then they know they can. They know they will. They know that they do. So I want to thank all of you guys for listening. I want to thank you guys for, or thank you for being here. And as always, own the next 90. Peace.